students here and teach, and then we're going we're gonna to kick stuff on the stage, then we're going to step back into worship. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in that time. Um, middle schoolers, if you are in 6th, 7th, or 8th grade, you can head right out back through there, follow that sweet red 49ers jersey. Yeah, there's Andy. Head on out. For the rest of us, thank you guys for being with us today. Um, last week, I just want to say thank you to Drew last week who jumped in for me on uh, Sunday morning. I got the COVID um, last week and so uh, was sick and uh, called up Drew and said, here's my notes, buddy. Uh, try to make them your own or go off on your own, have fun. But he did a great job of continuing us on this series and this theme of intimacy. Um, so I just wanted to say I appreciate him and appreciate him jumping in at, at the last second there. Um, you may also notice that I'm uh, dressed the same as my wife this morning. Um, so I just didn't mean to do that. We saw each other like, hey, wow. And so if, um, Dane was also wearing the same shirt, but he bought a Smedium. So uh, it looked a little better on him. He was just ripped. So I, my my advice is if you're going to do a who, who wore it best competition, probably don't pick the same outfit as Kate. Um, so, But I'll do my best to to rock it. Um, so one of the things that we are so passionate about here at Living Waters is yearly going into our journey of intimacy, that foundational place of knowing who we are, but knowing first before we get into that, we know that we are chosen, as Pete said, and just sharing this journey with you is such an honor and such a joy to be able to do it. And I, and I understand that we do it yearly, and so some of this may feel repetitive, but my prayer has been that as we repeat things that we go into deeper places that we it allows the Lord to just take us to new new areas of our life where we need the intimacy that he has with us to be revealed to us and and so the but I want to make sure every year that we are able to declare the truth of who Jesus is and we know that Jesus tells us that he is the way he's the truth he's the life that that no one comes to the father but through him and so that's the reality of how we approach intimacy is because Jesus is the way maker we didn't do this this is not on us it is all about Jesus and so this morning for these few minutes that I have to share with you before Nisha leads us into some practical application of just walking and, and enjoying the presence of God is that I want to highlight how Jesus has made a way where there was absolutely no way. And I want that to be as foundational to our yearly journey of intimacy as anything else. Because if we don't understand it, we will go back into religious mindsets. And what I mean by religious mindsets is where we try to earn what is already given to us as, as if it were a wage. As we're saying, God, I want you to, to see me. I want your attention. I want, I want your affection. And religion comes in and says, yes, your father needs you to perform to be able to see you well or to, or to give you affection. And so we want to break off any of that religious posturing and we want to be saying yes to Jesus who has made a way for us to be not only positioned in intimacy, but to pursue intimacy. And the reason that we can pursue God with any kind of success is because he chose first to pursue us. And so we are simply responding to the pursuit of Jesus for our hearts. And it's so foundational to us. It's, it radically shifted my journey of faith when I discovered that Jesus was pursuing my heart and wanted to have a sacred romance, a, an intimate relationship with me. Up until that point, I had a very transactional relationship with God. I knew God as my father. I knew Jesus had paid the price for my sins. I knew him as a friend, but I had held this this part of my heart, that romance part of my heart, that, that pursuit part of my heart, I had held it thinking that a relationship was going to fill that. And when a relationship didn't fill that, long story short, I ended up in a place where I was feeling extremely broken and my heart was broken. And I was like, God, I don't understand what's going on. And he said to me, I want to satisfy that part of your heart before anyone else does. And I want you to know that I love you and I pursue you and I am a jealous lover for you and for 
for your attention and for your affection. And so God began to break into my heart in a way where I said yes to intimacy with him that changed everything. And it ended that whole transactional reality. And so I began to ask the Lord, I, under, I get that I'm positioned in you, but how do I pursue intimacy? And the answer to that question was, allow me to first pursue you before you do anything for me understand that I am after your heart and that I love you. And so that's where I began to sit and began to grow from that place. And that's why it's become such a foundational reality for living waters every year that we are content. I have, I make no apology for the fact that it, we have to get this first is that God loved us before we loved him. God loved us before we pursued him. He pursued us while we were still separate from him. He dealt with every single thing that was separating us so that when he invites us into relationship with him, when Jesus invites us into relationship with him, our yes is only possible because Jesus has already dealt with everything that would have ever separated us and he would reconcile himself to us that our yes brings him into that relationship and we get the honor and the joy of being filled by his spirit and knowing him in such deep and intimate ways. And so we are unapologetic that we are gonna go over this because if we don't get that as our foundation, we will start being doers and we will do all of the things for God. But here's my message to you, don't do anything for God. Start with that. Until you know you don't have to do anything for God, you shouldn't be doing anything for God. Because anything that you do for God that comes out of a place of having to earn or prove or perform is broken from the beginning. From the inception, you are doing it out of order with what God wants. So I tell people all the time, hey, you know how I, they, I read my Bible all the time. I do all the things. I do the things. Well, how about you stop doing that? And, and, and then anxiety floods in and, and worry floods in. I'm disappointing God, all of this. Like, no, let that be put to rest until you understand that you are pursued and you are chosen and you are loved. That's it. Like, but, but, if I, what? No, no, not if you, you just are. And so that is the baseline of intimacy. Yes, we want to impact the world. Yes, we want people to know about Jesus. Yes, we want to see world, the world change and people change and, our, and lives around us affected but I can't live from that being my goal. My goal has to be unbroken, one-on-one, face-to-face, heart-to-heart relationship with Jesus because that is what he made a way for and that's what I'm invited into. Anything else beyond that is simply a result of that intimacy. So, I'm not choking, I'm fine. <clears throat> my voice runs out a lot quicker than it, than it did, so we're, we're making it through. So Jesus is the way maker. And one of the things that I want to highlight this morning before I hand it off to Nisha is the reality of the veil and how God has consistently made a way where there was absolutely no way. Now, you know this from our teaching is that we say we were created from intimacy when God at the very beginning, the narrative of, of creation of Adam and Eve, he said, God said, let us make man in our image, male and female, he created them. So we know that out of that intimate relationship of God that we were created. And we were created for intimacy. They created us to have, God created us to have relationship with us. And so we were created from intimacy. We were created for intimacy. But that intimacy was broken because of the choices that were made. And as that relationship was broken, that intimacy was broken, it began the entire story that we have in our Bible of the Old Testament of God pursuing us to reconcile that broken relationship. He created us from intimacy for intimacy and has been pursuing us to restore us back to intimacy. That's been the whole journey. And that's why we say God is the way maker. In Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah talks about God and says, when, when the people of Israel were coming out of Egypt, they came to the Red Sea and there was no way to cross the Red Sea. God was the way maker and he opened up the Red Sea. When they were lost in the wilderness and they had no food, God was the way maker and he brought food. When they were in the desert and they had no water, God was the way maker and he brought 
streams in the desert. This is what Isaiah was talking about, is that it was a God who was pursuing his people over and over and over. All throughout the Old Testament, we see God is making a way where there was no way. And he continued that theme all the way to Jesus where he came in the flesh to say, I am still pursuing you. I will make a way where there is absolutely no way. And our relationship can be completely broken, but I can reconcile it. And that's his story of invitation for us into intimacy. The problem is, is that throughout all of those years, we were crafting a religious system around that journey of saying, we knew that we were separated from God. And so what we did in response was we started making these religious rules, yeah? We had the commandments, we had all of the rituals that we did. We built tabernacles and we built temples, being we, being the, the, the Israelites, and, and, and tried to figure out a way to get back into relationship with God. And you're saying, well, isn't that what God wanted? Not everything that's in scripture means that God wanted it. It wasn't the ideal, it wasn't perfect, but it was a way that he was using culture cultures around them and the understanding around them to be able to reflect to them what he desired from them. We can go more into that on another day. But he was saying to them, yeah, you see around you all these different religious systems and you think that's how you're going to relate to God. And so we began, they adopted those, but they became more and more heavy. And this religion and this performance and this trying to earn God's favor and to try to do the right thing so that we survive, all of it, all it did was create more and more separation. Now remember, we were created from intimacy, we were created for intimacy, and he's restoring us to intimacy. But now we've got this entire religious system between us, even to the point where they built this temple and this beautiful temple and inside the temple had this holy of holies and inside the holy of holies there would be a priest who would do all the right rituals and would be able to go into the holy of holies once a year and make a sacrifice and atonement for everyone's sin and and that's where they believed that God's presence dwelled on earth was in that holy of holies and this giant veil existed to separate the outer courts and the people That's religion, to separate the people from the presence of God. And so inside the other side of this veil, the presence of God was in one guy, once a year, was able to go into that place and and make atonement saying, you know, everyone's outside waiting like, were you pretty bad this year? Yeah, I was pretty bad. How about you? Yeah, I was really messy. Okay, well, I hope you took enough pigeons in there because I saw what you were doing. You know, like this is that thing of they're separated out. And that holy of holies is the place where atonement is being made and the, and the priest is going in there. And so what Jesus came to accomplish was not only to pursue us, but also to break down these huge systems that we had built, this gulf that was between us and God and that desire for God to be intimate in relationship with us. And so that's why every year and every opportunity we get to talk about Jesus and what he has accomplished, it's such an honor to us to be able to understand this, that Jesus is the way maker. What did he accomplish? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19 said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and this is your invitation and my invitation still today. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is what? All of this So all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the message of reconciliation that God was in Christ. Where was God? In Jesus, on the cross, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. 
So powerful what Jesus was able to accomplish. And so what we see symbolically that took place is in Matthew 27. So we understand that all of this is from God. It's Jesus who is doing the reconciliation. But what does it look like? It looks like this in Matthew 27. As Jesus died on the cross and gave up his spirit, it says that at that very moment... The curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom. So that whole system that I told you about, that whole inner, the holy of holies, the you're humans and people, you're on the outside, we're on the, all of that was torn the moment that Jesus died. And in that reality, we see that God was making it clear that this dwelling place of God's presence was now accessible and God, we could enter in and God could come out and there was no longer this veil of separation between us. The pursuit of intimacy was not to be restrained by man-made systems of religion. And so we are no longer separated from God because that veil is torn and God moved out to us. God was finished with religious systems. He was finished with us being like, we think you're kind of like this. We think you're kind of like this. And no, Jesus is the emphatic answer to what God was like and what God was doing. You were created from intimacy. You were created for intimacy. And because of Christ and his death and his resurrection and his enthronement, you have been returned. The pursuit has made it home and you have been returned to this invitation to intimacy with God. Acts 17 says, the God who made the world and everything in is the Lord of heaven and earth, and he does not live in temples built by human hands. So we can enter into the presence of God through Christ and vice versa. The presence of God comes into us through Christ and the outpouring of his spirit. Hebrews 10 says this, the faithful enter into the sanctuary by what? By the blood of Jesus by the new and living way which he opened for us through the veil, that is, through his flesh. So we see the veil was symbolic, but it was also absolutely the reality of Jesus tearing his life and his heart open so that we could have access to the Father and that he could have access to us, the full circle restoration of his pursuit of us. So where then, if the presence of God lived in the temple, in the holy of holies, but the veil has been torn, where now does God's presence exist on earth? Where does God live? Now, 1 Corinthians 3 says this, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? 1 Corinthians 6, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? It should be this reality that we live out now, the kind of intimacy, unity, oneness, and harmony with Christ who pursued us and loves us, that we would be able to say it is no longer I who lives, but it is Christ who lives in me. That is the kind of unity and intimacy that we are invited into because of Jesus. And this is the foundation of our identity. The fact that God lives in us, the God who is beyond comprehension, the God who defeated sin and death on our behalf, the God who told Moses in Exodus 33, I can't show you who I am because my glory will destroy you. The same God. He didn't change. He just, that the work of Jesus was so entirely complete that now the God who couldn't show himself to Moses is actually saying, I want to make my home in your heart because of the work of Jesus and because of the completed work of Jesus. Through Christ, who is our way maker, you are the dwelling place for the God most high. And he wants to make his home, as Ephesians 3 says, I pray that out of the riches of his glory, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell, may make his home in your hearts through faith. This is the foundation of our identity as we're gonna walk from this this in-depth kind of theme and study of intimacy. This is really the foundation of our identity and where we're going because to the degree that we walk in the revelation of the intimacy that we have with God is the same degree that we are going to experience our identity in him and that we become more like him. Where we fixate our hearts and our attention, we become like God. And not that we're trying to be little gods, but that we are being formed into the likeness of Christ knowing who we are and knowing that in intimacy we are formed by him 
to be more like Christ. And that's why we don't want to turn intimacy into something that we do. It's so much more than that. It's something that we would be able to walk in unity every day of our life, every moment of our life, because that is the way that Jesus has made for us, and that is the invitation that we say yes to, and his spirit fills us. Now look, I get it when we talk about intimacy, we, we think about um, prayer times, we think about quiet times, maybe we think about like, like re being really quiet, but I want us to know that it is that daily walking with the awareness of the presence of God. I want us to see it as something that's more than just quiet times, more than just checking a box. But I also want you to hear me say this. I don't know what intimacy with God looks like for you. You are entirely unique. Sitting in this room, there is no one like you. Some people may be trying to dress like you, but there is nobody like you. You are so unique. And the same thing about that, that you know that's true, but I want you to hear this, is that your intimate relationship relationship with God is going to be just as unique as you are. So I can't stand up here and tell you it means that you're doing this or, or studying this or spending so much X amount of time doing this. It looks like that. If you start looking around at other people's relationships with God and trying to mirror that or duplicate that, you're going to see your heart begin to shrivel because intimacy begins with your heart, not with your behavior. And so what you have to find out is what does it look like for me? not for anyone else. And so I don't know what intimacy looks like for you. Uh, I know what it looks like for me, but what, I, but what I really know is the result of it. So you can tell me, oh, I've got this great relationship with God. We're so close. We're one-on-one, -on -one, one -on -one, you know, harmony and unity. You can say, oh, listen, if the result of intimacy in our life isn't that we are becoming more like Jesus, then we don't have intimacy in our life with God. Because what will take place in intimacy with God, his pursuit of us and his invitation into relationship with him, the result of that unbroken relationship is that we would become more and more like Christ. Now, I say this pretty frequently up here, and I will say this verse is so foundational to living waters. This is like our verse, right? But I really mean it with this one. This is the one. Uh, this is the foundational one. Whenever, 2 Corinthians 3, whenever anyone turns to the Lord and the veil is taken away, that veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces... We can see and we can reflect the Lord's glory. What happens when the veil is removed and we can be faith? Now we can say yes through Jesus to being face to face with God. What happens is that the Lord's glory transforms us into what? Into His image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. The invitation we have is to spend time with God. No veil of shame, no veil of, but you don't know what my past is, no veil of performance, no veil of religion. Jesus dealt with all of those veils so that we can be face to face with him. And in being face to face with him, we are transformed. Not because of our effort. Listen, not because of your effort. It's because of your posture and your position before God. We are invited to enjoy him, to love him, to be one-on-one -on -one in relationship with him, knowing that his glory and his presence in our lives transforms us. How do we get there? We abide. Just simply abiding. And we're going to talk more about John 15 next week and abiding with the Lord. But abiding means to remain stable or fixed on a state of love and to continue in a place that we would dwell in his presence. It's not something we go into, we make an appointment for and come out of, but that we would be people who dwell and carry the presence or the awareness of the presence of God into everything we do. John 15 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, if you abide in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But the promise is this, Jesus says, it is my Father's to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. When we abide, when we stay, when we remain, when we let down our lies, when we let down our performance, when we let down all of our fears, and we are able to just come before God because Jesus is the way maker, and that's what he's invited us into and made a way for, and the veil is torn, we're no longer separate, and we just come and be with God. We are transformed and we are fruitful as a result. So one thing I wanted to say 
as I give this over to, to Nisha because what I love about the, the next part of our gathering this morning is that we're able to practice the presence of God, just tangibly working a place and a time and a space in this room to be able to say yes to learning how to spend time with God. As I taught a couple weeks ago on intimacy, I opened it up to questions. And I said, anybody have any questions? We want to make sure that these messages and these times, these Sunday mornings are really practical and experiential and, and applicable. That we're not just up here spewing a whole bunch of really cool sounding stuff about intimacy, but that we have time to answer questions, to have real conversations, and to have application. Um, and so these are the questions that came in. And I want to touch on these before I hand these over to Nisha. Um, the first question is this. Does intimacy with God require daily quiet time. And, and this is a tough one to answer. And I think we all have this question. Um, does it require daily quiet time? No. Why? Because as I said earlier, we don't want to relegate intimacy with God to an appointment that we can check in and say, oh, I did my Bible reading and I did my journal and I checked my box. We want there to be an awareness that you carry, that I carry of God's presence 100% of the day in all things, in all ways. We don't want it to be something that we do. However, if I don't make this a foundational practice of my life, then how am I going to be making time for God in the, in the fullness of my life if I'm not making time for God in the small places of my life? So is it something that is necessary? Yes, what do you mean by quiet time? Is it the reflection? Is it meditation? Is it learning scripture? Is it what? Whatever it is, it's that place of saying, God, I wanna make sure that my awareness is anchored and centered on you today before I go out with my day and I want to carry that with me. I didn't complete a task but now I've positioned myself to carry the awareness. So yes and no, it's not something you check a box on, but absolutely, if we want to hear God's voice, we need to know his word. If we want to carry his presence, we have to make time for his presence in our, in our daily life. And, and the other thing is, is that as we do that, then as we learn to quiet ourselves on a daily basis, my quiet time is not so much, oh, I read this much scripture, I journaled this much. It's actually, show me places where I'm anxious right now. When I quiet myself down for a period of time and really, really check in with myself, am I angry? Okay, religion says, check with yourself and say, are you angry? And if you're angry, you say, God, forgive me. And then you repent and then you move out from that place of anger, right? But what we're talking about is a daily practice of saying, God, if I'm angry, would you show me the root system of my anger? So that I wanna know why I'm angry. Am I anxious right now? Why am I anxious? It's probably because, well, there's a variety of different reasons, but the Spirit of God is so faithful and gentle to walk you into those places to be able to say, let's not just deal with it on a performance level of saying, knock it off, get out there and be better. That's how I parent, but that's not how. <laughs> let's deal with it at a level that says, why am I Fill in the blanks. And what is it that you're showing me in that place? So does intimacy with God require daily quiet time? I don't know about daily. I don't know. It's just consistent and, and a constant self-awareness to say, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? And God, you are so faithful. Would you meet me in the inception point of that belief or that thing or whatever it might be and bring healing into it? Some of the stuff that's just practical, I want to give you um, some of these tools and we'll, we'll put these online. Um, Abba's Child, these are books that I think are just rad for cultivating intimacy in our life. Abba's Child, Still Life, you can get that online. We might have a few copies of that. You may have heard of it. Um, Sacred Romance is another book. Redeeming Love is a book. I haven't seen the movie, so don't take this as a movie recommendation yet. Um, but the book I know is just fabulous about God's um, God's heart pursuit of, of us. And then um, there's a magazine that is, comes out quarterly called Cultivate. It has a, really, a ton of really good activations in there. And then for those that are here that just maybe struggle with reading the Bible on a daily basis and, it, and, it, and you read it or you try to read it, it doesn't resonate or it gets confusing or whatever, I cannot recommend Bible Project highly enough just as a resource to help your daily Bible reading come into full, uh, come to full life. It's just a great company. They do a great service and we know some folks that are that are there so we can vouch for them all the way down to how they do what they're doing. So those are tools that I wanted to give you. And then I want to finish with this question because I believe that the next um, bit of our gathering, Nisha, and what she brings us into is going to be, is really going to answer this question. How do you grow from a predominantly mental and theologically focused relationship to true intimacy? 
Now, the first thing that I want to say about that is that if you are wired to, to be a thinker and you love theology, I don't ever want you to look at that as some kind of second-class thing and like that, that somehow that's not intimacy. As I said earlier, however you're wired, let God speak to you that way. The way that you communicate to people is often reflective of how you desire to be communicated to, and God knows you, and he knows how to communicate to you. And if it's through theology, if it's through your brain and your mind, then, then praise God, lean into it, enjoy it, have fun with it, and say, this is the way that God speaks to me. That's okay. But the person that asked this question was kind enough to unpack it a little bit. And they said, what happens if we're living from our head and write truths without much real interactive relational engagement? And besides my answer of just being wired the way that you're wired, that God speaks to you the way you listen, and that's okay. I do want to say that when Jesus redeemed you, he redeemed your heart, your mind, your past, your future, your life, but also your imagination. And so when I am saying we need to be people who activate and use our redeemed imagination, I'm not saying that our relationship with God is imaginary. I'm saying that he wants to use your ability to picture and to comprehend and to imagine to reveal himself to you and to just spend time with you. But why? Why does God want to spend time with me? Surely it's to fix me or to give me assignment. No. God wants to spend time with you. Yeah, and in doing that, we have to make space in our day, but also in our hearts, in our minds, for him to be able to do that. And there's some practical tools and ways that we believe are super effective at just helping you hang out, spend time with the Spirit of God that wants to make himself known to you. So Nisha, would you come up and just lead us for a few minutes in this activation? Yes, you can. <laughs> Hi, everybody. So good to see your faces. I love what Ryan was just sharing about abiding and really our goal as a church, as a team. We would be doing you a disservice if we weren't empowering you with tools to connect with God in daily life. It would be such a travesty if you came Sunday and thought, well, this is my one drink for the week. This is my one meal. And I know we talk about that all the time as a team, but truly as a, as a teaching team and a leadership team, we've been praying and asking the Holy Spirit, what are ways that we can on our Sunday gathering actually impart something and practice together? And so that's really what this little section is going to be. It's going to be a practice of experiencing God. And you can call that encounter. You can call that an Emmanuel moment. You can call that there's many words for it, but truly what we want to do this morning is just to stop and actually have an interaction and to grow our capacity to experience God. I love what Ryan just said about um, relationship. It made me think of even, if you were here a couple weeks ago, Drew talked about if you're in a, in a partnership or in a, in a marriage, um, it would be really weird if you didn't ever hang out with each other. And we know that intimacy comes from connection comes from knowing our loved one, comes from knowing their voice, understanding their mannerisms. How many of you guys have like a friend or a spouse where there's just the micro expression change and you know exactly what's happening, right? You're like, well, I know that look and I know exactly what it means. That is an outplay of intimacy. And so today we're going to do a practice of tuning ourselves to the Lord and really it's what Ryan said already that it's a renewing of our minds. It's a working out of our salvation. This is an ever increasing process. This is a tool that um, I use constantly. It's helped me so much in experiencing God and just practicing his presence. Um, many people on our team, I know Kate and Kim use it regularly. I know that um, Ryan has, has done them before. This is something that we would just say, this is not the formula. This is not like a formula, but it is a tool that helps grow your garden with the Lord. And so I just want to release that to you guys. And also, if you feel like you're someone that struggles with connecting experientially, like you are not alone. There are so many of us. And I know I loved and appreciated so much what Pete shared this morning. If you missed the first few minutes, he just shared about being present and how God called him into learning how to be present. And that can be something that takes time. It's a practice. I shared some of this this week with our youth group and I thought how perfect that I get to share this with the kids and then I get to share it with the big kids because we are all just kids growing and learning 
all the time. And so there's permission today to not, like there's no right way to do this. And I just feel so expectant that the Lord's gonna encounter you very specifically. He's going to speak to you. Have you guys ever driven a car where you have to like tune the radio and there's static that comes in as you change channels? It's like, and then you tune it, right? Hearing the Lord and connecting with him is very much like this tuning of a radio where it's really clear for a while, right? God doesn't just speak in English. He speaks many languages. Some of you may feel things in your body. You may hear things. You may sense. You may see pictures in your imagination. And, and we all have encountered the Lord so differently. Maybe truth or the word or poetry, different things stand out to you in different ways. That is absolutely a God design for you to hear him uniquely, individually. And sometimes the language of God changes in a season. Have you guys ever been there where you're like, God's talking to me every day through this thing. And then suddenly it's like, it goes, it almost feels like it goes silent or something changes. I learned several years ago that like God will change the language that he's speaking in because he's inviting us into new ways. And if you've ever been in a car with a radio station and you drive to a new location, sometimes it gets fuzzy and you stop being able to hear, right? And it's the same thing with God. He's still speaking, but maybe he's speaking in a different way. Maybe your location has changed. Maybe you had a hard moment and you need to redial your radio and connect. So this is just, again, I'm giving context for us so that we can really engage this with our whole hearts. So this is just a practice of tuning that radio. As we step into this, I just want to encourage you that you all hear the Lord and you're going to hear the Lord today. Whether it's hearing words, whether it's seeing something, experiencing something, whether it's just sitting in deep gratitude and feeling love, love, God is love. God is the source of all love. So if you feel that, you are experiencing God. So what if we came to this this morning with childlike faith rather than like this thought of, I'm not quite sure if that was me. How much me? That was 70% me and maybe it was 30% God. And, you know, we do that sometimes where we have these experiences and then later doubt comes in or our intellect, bless it, like God gave us the ability to reason and critical think. It's incredible. We also have protective parts of our heart that come up in moments of experience and go, I don't know if that was true. I don't know if you should really believe that. That sounds too good. God wouldn't be that good to you. <laughs> what? No, like we say this all the time, but then in these moments, we don't believe how good he truly is. Like he's, his love is so good. Like it's probably the best thought you could ever have. And, and he's very simple and he's gonna meet you today in a very simple way. And I just wanna encourage you to come with a hunger and a childlikeness to just take in, even if it's a little simple moment, a simple truth. And lastly, as we're doing this, I just really wanna like arm you because a lot of times this thought will come in that will say, oh, this is just me. Oh, that's just my, I've just made that up. Especially when we're experiencing God. Anyone else get that thought sometimes in worship or you hear something, you feel something and you're like, that's just me. And let me just tell you, like, there's a really good reason for that coming up. But I would encourage you to just set it aside and sink into faith and sink into presence and go, you know what, God, you're actually more capable of talking to me than I am capable of mishearing you. You are actually more capable of communicating to me than I am of missing you. Like, where's our faith? Is our faith in our ability to miss it? Or is our faith in his ability to come for us and speak to us? Some of us didn't have parents that knew how to communicate with us and we expect that from God. So we're working so hard I get it, that was me. Like working so hard to like plumb the depths and hear God in all these little moments and like don't wanna miss it. And I just like had to chill out like 10 years ago and be like, actually, Lord, what is this belief? You are so able to meet me, even in this little simplistic moment. So we're gonna go to the next slide and I just, I'm gonna tell you guys what our process is gonna be and then we're gonna do it together. Does that sound good? I'm not gonna make you do anything crazy don't worry. This is just going to be you internally. So we're going to start by thinking of and engaging in our minds a positive memory. And I want this to be a purely positive memory. There can't be any like little shards of pain in there or 
anything that might pull you into a moment where you start thinking about an issue. So a splinter-free memory is what that's called. No triggers or unresolved issues. This would be like, okay, so I might want to think of a moment I felt really, really loved. Okay, great. So you think of a moment with your spouse, but then you and your spouse had a disconnect this morning. So then as you're having this moment of remembering, then you suddenly start thinking, yeah, but now we're disconnected. That's a great example of a splintered memory, right? There's unresolved issues there. So I would not go with that. I would pick something really simple, like maybe a moment in nature, maybe a moment um, with drinking your coffee or riding your favorite thing, your bike, or going on a sweet car ride or something. Honestly, for a lot of us, there's a lot of there's a lot of complexity in relationships. So for this first time practicing this, maybe do something with nature, inanimate objects, animals, a moment that was just really simple. So for me, I picked um, a river trip moment. I was on this rafting trip and I was floating in the water and I was looking up at these gorgeous canyons and I just felt the water like as if it was love and it was enveloping me and I just was in perfect joy, like, this is ecstasy right here, I am sure. Any other river lovers out there? Say, hey. So pick a moment like that, something simple, where there wasn't like immediately in that moment something negative that came in, okay? So I want you guys to be thinking of that. And while you're in that memory, we're gonna recall all the senses in detail. And the details are really really important because your entire body, your nervous system will actually wrap around those details and you'll go into from fight and flight, which we know is part of our nervous system. We will actually come into a flow state where you're able to receive. That's actually the place where you can receive love really deeply. A lot of times we aren't able to receive because our nervous systems are kind of jacked up. And that's why I love worship because it is kind of a disarming place for us to then receive love. So take that time, get still, recall all the senses in detail. And then we're gonna ask a couple questions. We're just gonna invite Jesus in. And you know what, if you don't see Jesus right away, that's totally okay. Just stay in the gratitude, stay in the memory, the positive memory, and let that become like a part of your being. Gratitude is so much a way that we connect with the Lord. And maybe you're just gonna build that capacity of gratitude and joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength, yeah? And so it's actually so important for us to spend time thinking of the positive and holding space for it. It's part of that stillness place that we talked about today where we're making space for him to come meet us. So I'm gonna invite the worship team to come up. And I want everybody to think of a memory right now, something super simple. Again, it could literally be like you eating your favorite meal and it brought you delight. <laughs> could be new shoes. It could be anything. And it, you know, doesn't matter how recent, but you want to be able to remember details about this. So if it's like 20 years ago, that's totally okay, but it needs to be something where you can recall specific details. Does that make sense? Everyone tracking with me? So I'd just like to invite you to close your eyes because this is just a personal process for you. You don't need to be worried about what anyone else is doing. And I promise you the band isn't going to be like spying on you. We're just holding space for this moment. Pete might spy on you. <laughs> this is family. This is, this is a way that we practice. So let's take some deep breaths together. Just close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus, that your presence is here and that you just want to encounter us in a really simple way today. We're expectant to meet with you. I feel his expectant love like he's ready to just be with you. He's so excited. So right now, I want you to just hold in your mind a memory, something really positive, a pure moment of joy or peace. When you have a memory, if you could just, again, no one's looking around, but if you could just stick your finger up for me when you've got that memory and just hold it up for just a second. Thank you, guys. It could just be really simple. Don't, know, don't overthink it either. Like, it's okay if it was just the sunshine on my face this morning. Just for a brief moment. You know, I know we're all walking through different things. So even if it was a brief moment of pure joy, just hold on to that brief moment. And as you're in that memory, I want you to recall all of the senses. What did you see? 
Were there any smells, tastes? Were there any sounds? How did the light look in the room or wherever you were? How did you feel in this moment? What was the temperature? Maybe you remember what you were wearing. Are there any other really specific details you can recall about this moment? Take a minute and just let the overall experience of this wash over you. Be present there. Be there again in your body. If you're looking from third person, come back into your body and experience it as if you're there again. Maybe take some deep breaths, feel all the senses. What do you love about this moment? How does your body feel in this moment? Maybe there's a little less tightness. What do you specifically appreciate about this memory? Hold that gratitude in your heart for a moment. If you'd like to ask this question, you can. We're just gonna invite Jesus to come be a part of this memory. And if you feel any resistance to that, I just wanna encourage you to just stay where you are in that gratitude. Just sit in the gratitude, keep reliving the details any way that you can allow yourself to sink deeper into that place of gratitude and that sweet memory, do it. Just sink in deeper to it. Look at it from different angles, feel it. This is so good for your whole being. Just stay there. And if you would like to, I want to invite you to ask Jesus, Jesus, where are you in this memory? Would you come into this memory? Or where are you in this memory? Would you show yourself to me? Jesus, what do you want to show me here? And just watch what he does. He might say something. He might just have an expression. He might just be with you, but there's no right way. And again, if, if you need to just stay in the gratitude just stay there. If you feel yourself being pulled out, just come back to that positive memory and hold space for it. Hold space for that gratitude and thankfulness. Jesus, is there anything specific about this memory, God, that you want me to notice?
Thank you, Jesus. Again, maybe he wants to show you some more things or ask you a specific question. Let him do that. Just engage him for a moment. If you feel any resistance to Jesus, that's totally normal. I just want to encourage you, don't feel any shame. That's There's really good reasons that our hearts sometimes put up a, a little like question mark or resistance. It's totally okay. Just stay in that gratitude place. And I just want you guys to ask the Lord as you're in this memory with him, creating a new memory. Jesus, is there anything else you want me to know about this? Is there anything else here that you want to show me? So maybe you want to just respond to him. Maybe you just want to thank him for that little moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that it's so simple to talk to you. And we're just learning. We're just practicing to tune our ears. And Jesus, we invite you to keep doing this with us, to keep bringing us into moments of rest and abiding where we learn to be with you. We learn how to be with you, to be still. Just pray that you'd seal this moment in our hearts, Lord. You're welcome to stay there, or if you'd like to come up for air, you can. You can open your eyes whenever you want to, or you can stay in that moment. And I want to encourage you that you've made a new memory with the Lord. And actually, like, anytime you go back to that memory, you have also a new memory where Jesus came in and was with you. And so you can access that anytime. That memory now is an access point for connection with God. You can do this at home, in the car, any anytime. It's very simple. If you want to, we're going to leave the slide up um, for the rest of the morning so you can come and take a picture with your phone. We'll also have it online. Just as like a quick reference, if you're like, what were those questions we asked? And again, if you are having any trouble like staying present in that moment or even in interacting or seeing Jesus, that's so okay, totally normal. Please come chat with our team too if you have questions about it. Um, this is something we're practicing and continuing to hold space for. And it's a journey. And I just want to encourage your heart not, not to feel, um, yeah, just to know that if, if all you did was stay in gratitude this morning, that's exactly what Jesus wanted to do. And that's how he wanted to meet you, was in that sweet place of just thankfulness and peace. And maybe that's what you needed today, was just to remember something really good. So I'm just going to pray this over you guys, and we're going to release you to get your kids and the band's going to stay up here just to keep playing some songs. And so you're welcome after you get your kiddos. If you want to just come in here and linger and write down what you heard, I'd really encourage you, write it down. Journal it. Or at lunch, tell your spouse or a friend, like, what you saw, what happened, if you can. If it's too intimate, we understand. Like, keep that to yourself. But if there's parts of it that you can say out loud, that's very, very important for your brain and body and mind and heart to connect. And it kind of stamps it on your DNA when you're able to say it out loud. There's actually a connection that happens between your left and right brain when you speak things out loud. It takes something in the past into the present, and your, your body experiences it as if you are living it right now. 
So your, your body just re-experienced that memory as if it happened for the first time, which is so beautiful. You, it's a tool that we can use. So I hope that this is something that can encourage your heart as you walk into daily life. I know it's just one of many, many tools. And I pray over every single one of your hearts this passage from Ephesians that Ryan mentioned, and I just wanna pray this over you, that by constantly using this faith, this faith muscle you just engaged this morning, took faith to believe that he was there. It took faith to even imagine. It took faith to believe that he wanted to walk in and talk to you. So by using that faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. That is our prayer for you this morning. In Jesus' name, we love you guys. Thank you for being with us as we continue to practice abiding daily. And please share with friends, share with us how, how this journey of intimacy is going. So you're welcome to go grab your kids. We are gonna worship for a few minutes. So if anyone wants to just, from that place of thankfulness, wants to just respond and worship, I just invite you to, to do that, to sink in. And then if you guys wanna have conversations, if you would mind just going out to the lobby so that people in here can just stay engaged, that would be awesome. All right, have an amazing Sunday, guys. Father, where my every fear gets.
I'm not 